You're listening to Sound the Foghorn, the Minnesota Wild podcast made by fans for fans. For Kaprizov, back to Zuccarello, back to Kaprizov, he scores! Covering team news, prospect analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, advanced stats, and much more. Back to Kaprizov, he scores! And now, here are your hosts, Brett Marshall, Zeke Boyat, and Justin Baki. Hello and welcome in to another episode of Sound the Foghorn. Brent Marshall, Zeke Boyat, and Justin Baki here with you Thursday, November 10th. We are doing a, a show one day later this week because our Wild did decide to interfere with our regularly scheduled program by having a game last night. Thankfully, they finally decided to win. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Bunch of other Wild topics here in a little bit. But as we always do, got to check in with the fellas, see everyone's doing. Zeke, we seem to have overcome your audio issues. We're back on track. Third time's a charm. How yes. you doing tonight? <laughs> yeah, no, I was, yeah, was going to say this is the third time you've had to intro the show here in the last two minutes uh, off screen. But yeah, no, I, I'm doing good. Uh, just, uh, you know, it was, uh, felt a little lot better waking up this morning at seven uh, with the win than I did the previous night. Uh, yeah was uh you know like i said we'll, we'll talk it was not fun but uh you know overall doing really good uh you know been working every day this week uh you know doing a lot of scanning vegetables uh which are a real pain in the ass to scan so just so <laughs> all you people out there eat healthy every time you walk up to the cart with a cart full of veggies you know i'm not your friend kidding of course but uh yeah no <laughs> gotta um, learn no, those quick codes Yes, and a lot of looking up and everything, but I'm doing doing pretty damn good actually. So. Good to hear. And Justin, how are things in the Baki household? I'm doing well. Uh, busy. Um, work's been incredibly busy. It's flu season, so uh, yeah, that's been exhausting. But uh, things are good. Everyone's getting back to being healthy in the house, and uh, my both my oldest kids' uh, hockey season has started. So uh, glad to be back at the rink and watching them again. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, definitely uh, do your best to stay safe health-wise. I was uh, my roommate, girlfriend, sick last week. I was like, ah, oh, I'm in the clear. I felt fine. And then, like, Saturday afternoon hit, and I was like, ah, crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> From, like, Saturday to, like, pretty much, like, halfway through the day yesterday, right. I was like, I feel gross. Yeah. Um, but over it now, thankfully, I think. That's so. good. The past, like, week and a half, yeah. like, each like everyone in my house has been sick with something it's yeah definitely stuff going on we're breaking uh records for uh, amount of people coming into the er urgent care but uh yeah. you know it is uh flu and cold season yeah. on top of everything else so yeah that time of year um also that time of year where the wild are back in session um prospects are in full swing so we'll go to justin here prospect update another busy week for a lot of guys yeah, I'll kind of start with Iowa. They uh, played a couple games in the past week. Uh, lost the first one against Grand Rapids, um, five to four in overtime, and then they ended up on Sunday beating Rockford, um, five to four in a shootout. Uh, Mitchell Shafey scored two goals in the third period, I believe, but uh, he ended up scoring the the two goals that caught them up to bring it to overtime. Ended up being our player of the week. Uh, ended up with four goals in three games. 
Uh, Sammy Walker had five points, one goal, four assists in this past three games. So a uh, couple of guys in Iowa playing well. And, of course, Beckman had uh, three points and uh, a call-up, which was good to see. I'm glad to see him get the chance up at the big leagues. I felt like he looked good up there too, but we'll talk about that later. Um, David Spacek ended up with four points in two games. It, it, so it seems like not just our forwards, but like our defensive prospects are putting up points. It's really making me eat my words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we'll see where it goes, but uh, you know it's good to see all these guys putting up good weeks. Yeah. Then Matt Beguskov, he's playing in the KHL. Well, not anymore. He's in the VHL. He got called down a while ago um, for Siska <clears throat> and ended up with a four four points in the last four games. Uh, Ryan Healy, one goal, two assists this week. Jack Pert picked up a few assists. Liam Ugren scored two goals within the past three games, so he's really starting to heat up, which is good to see. Um, he is the youngest player on that team, usually getting third-line minutes, but uh, it's good to see him take advantage of of the position he's in. Uh, Daniela Yirov also picked up a couple points. Uh, nice. Seems like both those guys are picking it up a little bit more with more minutes. So. Yes. And then uh, Hunter Haight, a couple assists the last two games tonight. He scored a goal. The game is still going on, but uh, a nice rip on the power play from the slot. Uh, something we've been waiting to see him do this season, and uh, you know, yeah. How is that team? Is it London that he plays? Uh, Barry Colts. Barry is Barry any good this year? You know, that's a good question. I have no idea. Um, they're so down five four right now. I feel like because I, I almost wonder because wasn't that part of it last year too? Is the team he was playing for wasn't very good? Uh, they're six four and one, okay. so they're they're right. not terrible. But yeah. Just kind of a, a slow start for him, I guess. Uh, Vladislav first off picked up an assist uh, today and uh, the last game he played. Yeah, that's um, maybe something that we uh, can hit on quick. Um, if you didn't see Vladislav first off, obviously coming out of or coming into the year, um, scheduled to play in Iowa. Sounds like he was getting some tough love from Tim Army and the staff down there. Didn't like it. Um, so they said, all right, well, you can feel free and go ahead to Russia. And so the Wild have loaned him um, to the KHL, you said, right? Yeah, the team name is Tractor. I don't know the full name, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so he's been loaned. No, no, not Tractor, it's Torpedo, sorry. Yeah, so he's been loaned uh, to the KHL, muddying his future with the Wild a little bit. Um, he came in, I believe, was our 20th ranked prospect coming into the year. Um and I think this is kind of what we mentioned is, you know, looking for this guy to take the next step. Looks mm-hmm. like I was pushing for that. And, um, yeah. you know, it just seems like maybe that's not there. So we'll see what his future, what the wild organization holds, if, you know, they still own his rights, those types of things. But we'll definitely be a player to kind of keep an eye on to kind of see where that um, goes and how it all plays out. But um, right. my optimism is, is fading a little bit. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, we – we want all these guys to succeed, but not all of our prospects mm-hmm. will succeed. That's why it's so great to have so many. And, and, you know, seeing guys like, you know, Spoke Z talked about highly about him, but like guys like Kyle Masters who yeah. are exploding and, Absolute breakout. you know, rising up from maybe not really on fans' radars to like top 10 on, on some lists. So, you know, some are going to fall, some are going to rise. And, uh, yeah. And I think uh, we'll talk to our friend, the Soda Pod, but, 
Um, I think we might do like a little mini collab episode sometime in the mid-season and kind of not go through the whole list again, but maybe highlight five or so, maybe five to seven kind of risers, fallers, um, that type of thing. So keep keep tune on that. Like I said, probably more of a mid-season thing, maybe all-star break show or something like that. Right. Yeah, and the last thing I really have is uh, last night Caden Bankier scored his 10th goal of the season. Oh, uh, another guy for Kamloops that's really exploding. So it's, uh, you know, you kind of wonder how he would do this year in a, a elevated role, and he's really taking advantage of it. It's a really sweet goal if you haven't seen it. It's kind of a, a Peter Forsberg yeah. move. With a guy on him nonetheless, yeah. too. Like, it was it was yeah. sweet. Um, yeah, be sure to check yeah. that out. So. Yeah, another another solid week for the prospects, and we'll talk about some of them that have been playing up here in Minnesota here in a bit. Um, but we'll get the ugly games out of the way first here, transitioning over to that. Um, three games since we last recorded, um, the first of which seemed, I think was literally a week ago. Feels like forever ago yes. um, because it was followed by four days off. Um, but it was against Seattle. Um, just a terrible game all around. Wild ended up losing 4-0 on probably like four of like – and I don't know what the average like speed that the puck entered the net for Seattle, but I, if I had to guess, I was probably less than like sixty miles an hour. You had a a, a whiffed one timer, um, a puck off somebody's back. Um, I think there was like there was one tip kind of out front that was really good. Um, I'm trying to remember how the fourth didn't, one went. Didn't in. one like float over uh, our goaltender and <laughs> into the net or something like that? Just. Yeah, it was yeah, just, like, four kind of really him. bizarre, like, deflection, tips, redirections. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, yeah, the last one was Bjorkstrand, I think, out front, like, a power play or something Yeah, like that. I don't remember what they all were off the top of my head. But, like, it was, you know, a game where Fleury's goal save above expected looked bad, but if you watch the replays, it's like, I don't really know what you're expected yeah. to do on any of those. Um, but in this one, the offense just, like, much like the, the game after oh, against um, – LA. The, the LA Kings just kind of non-existent. The team just seemed kind of very checked out. Um, just no sparks at all. It was it was kind of tough to watch, and um, I mean, very few bright spots even to talk about in that game because like literally no one was particularly good or exciting at all. Right, and we're still talking about the Seattle game, right? Yeah, all right. I know you brought up the. the I mean, game we could be talking about that the LA yeah, game right. too. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one and the same. They, they were not a whole lot different. Yeah, <laughs> no, nothing went well, really. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, mean, I think. Oh, go ahead, just No, I was just. I felt bad. One of my uh, son's friends went to his first wild game, the Seattle game. Mm-hmm. Of course, oh. you know he had fun still, but I was like, well, oh, I'm sorry that that was the first game he had to see, but <laughs> there'll be plenty more. He was really tuned into the goalies because he wants to be a goalie, but yeah. Long, anyways, back to the wild. It it was not very fun to watch. It was just, I I, I had a hard time paying attention on in this yeah. Seattle game. Well, I mean, I think the you know, like you said, at the LA game, it was just as bad. But I think this one was worse because, I mean, every time you you know, at least in the LA game, it felt like kind of that you know they got the puck across the center ice. I mean, this game, every time they would, you know, they just do the typical you know flip it up off the boards or you know when they would skated up you know they'd have three couple seattle players you know right on and hounding on the four check really hard and you know to, to their credit i think that's you know part of the reason they got the bounces because you know they were really good um you know fresh from the wild really not giving especially caprice off any room but yeah that game they just uh 
you know, they, they literally could not even get the puck hardly across center ice. Uh, you, you know, and when you don't do that, like just said, you won't do anything. So it's, it's yeah. not, on, uh, it's not on, really a game. Yeah, I mean, on the flip side, though, too, the Wild were good defensively in that game. Only six high yeah. danger chances against. Seattle only had 1.48 expected goals for in the game. Like, mm. just 20. They had 23 shots, 43 shot attempts. Like, it was a pretty tight game yeah, all around, but it's just like... You want to see that you want it to be more almost. I mean, I don't, last last night's not a good example, but you know you want to see more of like you want that type of defensive play, but then you want that to translate into a good transition game where you're dominating on the other end of the ice, right? But that's just like Zeke, like you said, didn't happen. It was pretty much the same on the other end of the ice, and the Wild just couldn't get anything to the middle. Um, it just just nothing went in that game, and um, obviously the injuries played into that. Um, those types of things and you know that they'd go seven um seven defensemen in that one 11 forwards that experiment did not seem to work very well no. um you know and that led you know kind of carried over we thought maybe a four-day break be a good reset let some guys get healthy um and then two nights ago in la um if you stayed up like me i'm sorry it was the biggest waste of your time you watched pretty much it was a zero zero game for i think like 54 minutes LA gets one with like six minutes left in the third and that was pretty much all she wrote. But again, just not a ton to write home about in that one. No, I, I do think that uh that was Flurry's best game of the season. Probably. Yeah, Flurry was fantastic. Uh, and the and the penalty kill. The penalty yep, kill in that game that. ridiculous. Yeah, but I was gonna say the penalty kill was really good. Killing off that five minute major and uh I thought we would build some momentum off that try and win that game, but we just just couldn't score a goal for two and a half games. Uh, that was the frustrating part is to see Flurry play so well. And then us not being able to repay him with, with a win in that one. But uh, it was a little frustrating with Caprice. I was penalty too. It was frustrating that he took it. It was even more frustrating that he got a match for that. Kind of looking back at the replay, what happened? Uh, yeah, I think it also seems like they should have had it, made a yeah. call that you can't make. Yeah. It's like a, a major for high sticking, which I don't think is allowed, or a match penalty for high sticking. Like, yeah. you know, it was, and, it was and a very team. weird situation. Yeah, like, was. there was intent to hit, right. for sure. After you get cross-checked four times, like, yeah, you want to hit him back. Yeah. And I don't think he was trying to high stick him in the face. I think he just kind of trying to cross-check him back yeah. and happened to catch him with the glove in the face, and then Dowdy flopped like an Olympic diver. So, yeah. um, sell it, his... and it worked. Yeah. But, yeah, it was. Uh, sorry, I just wanted to say well, one more thing. I, I think if you call a penalty on Dowdy there, that never happens. It's just mm-hmm. frustrating yeah. to see Kaprizov continually like not get the calls when they should be called. Yeah, and I mean that's a you know like like everyone said. Obviously, it's not you should never be swinging your stick at anybody's face for any reason. Obviously, right. but you know as you just said, Justin. I mean this is a this is basically a thing, uh, you know, league wide. It's not just the wild, obviously. I mean, Connor McDavid is the biggest example, you know, that playoff series against Winnipeg that where there was that whole Twitter thread of, you know, like eight calls of him getting like assaulted on the ice and, and they don't, you know, you know, they don't get the calls ever. And, you know, it's, it's frustrating, obviously, as you said, uh, Dowdy mugging him basically the whole shift. And, you know, it's, it's, it's still weird why he basically lives in his head rent-free. I don't quite get the obsession there. Well, because he, oh, in his debut, he but... made a clown out of him, so. Yeah, I suppose, but, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, he's, he's just a, I mean, I get that's his game, and, you know, we're just not going to like it, but he's an absolute pain in the ass to play against, and, 
you know, I mean, it's like I said, thankfully he got it mostly with the glove. Um, Cause if he had gotten the stick, you know, it might be a different conversation and he maybe didn't play last night, but yeah, no, I think, uh, he, I mean, it was just a symptom of the game, you know, like everyone mentioned with the Seattle game too. Uh, him obviously feeling like, you know, the whole team can't get going. He can't get going. Uh, you know, it's, it is just probably not even, even more so not just the individual one-on-one with those two guys, but just the, that was a symptom of the game at whole and the fact that you know, they literally couldn't do anything well, um, no matter how hard anybody seemed to try. But yeah, no, it, it was, it was ugly, but you know, whatever, uh, you know, he left the game. I don't think it really would have mattered if he was in the rest of that game anyways, to be completely yeah, honest. Hard to know for but, sure. But yeah, I mean, the bright side in this one, like you said, Zeke, um, Definitely was flurry. Um, eight for eight on high danger shots in this one. One point nine six goals save above expected. Um, was a huge reason why the power play was at, or excuse me, the penalty kill was unbelievable. Um, in this one, I believe when it was all said and done, they killed off. I think it was eleven minutes of penalties. Um, in that time frame, I think just point six expected goals against. Um, like three high danger chances against. So many block shots, Spurgeon, Dumba, Brodeen, um, Merrill, Middleton, like all these guys selling out blocking shots, um, which is really nice to see. I mean, L.A. has a decent power play. The Wilds penalty kill kind of coming into this most recent stretch. Bottom of the league, not looking great, and it seems like maybe they're starting to figure some stuff out. Um, from a tactical perspective, my observations have been, I think we saw at the beginning of the year, there was definitely a mindset to be more aggressive, but I think that mindset got a little bit too aggressive, overcommitting at some times. And I think now they've found a really good balance of being aggressive at the right times and picking their spots nicely. We've seen guys be harder on clearing pucks. Um, I think we're seeing some more wins on the faceoffs right away to you know kill that first 20, 30 seconds pretty easily. Um, really seems like it's coming around. Different personnel out there. Um, everyone chipping in. But, um, I mean, if you wanted a bright spot from – you know, kind of these last, you know, up and down five games, you know, the one thing that's been really consistent is, is the penalty kill. Um, Ten of the last 12 killed. Um, I think just seven total high danger chances against in that span, a shade over like 2.5 expected goals against um, across like 27 minutes, I think, of killing time. So a lot of really good stuff um, from the penalty kill as of late. Yeah, and I think the, uh, you know, the big, the big key in that LA game obviously was the uh, clutchness of it as well. I, mean, I guess if you could say at that point, um, you know, tied zero zero on the second, you know, you lose your best players, a bunch of scrums and all that, you know, it could get out of whack pretty quickly there if they pot a couple goals. And, uh, and obviously, like you said, they, they killed that one off. And I think, was it how many other power plays did they LA get in that game? Was it like three or four? Yeah, we all for four in that game. Oh, yeah. one of them being that five minute. Yeah, so three, mm-hmm. two minutes in the five minute, oh. I think. Yeah, which is obviously a, you know, obviously that was the the big deal last year. So it's uh, you know good to see them improve that, um, you know, in the, in that game. But I don't like you said it's not very it's not really like that of a hard thing. I mean, it shouldn't have been that hard for them last year too, with the way that you know they know this team can play defensively at least historically um, to be at least semi competent, killing off penalties. And it, you know, like you mentioned, it seems to be that they're doing that uh, uh, this year, at least in the last few games, uh, maybe not necessarily in the whole, but it's a good trend. Yeah, and, you know, I think, obviously, again, offense kind of invisible in this one. L.A., you know, partially 
due to being on the power play for a good chunk of this game. Um, dominated pretty much every stat category. Outshot the Wild 30-21. to Out attempted them 67-44. Had the more high danger chances 14-6. to Just 1.48 expected goals for the Wild. I think that was their lowest mark of the season. So, I mean, you go back-to-back games where you don't even hit, you know, two expected goals in the game. Um, but I tweeted this out. I said, you know, they have probably the best opponent opponent to get out of this funk on the second of back-to-back, the Anaheim Ducks, who ranked dead last or second to dead last in pretty much every defensive suppression category, whether it was shots, chances, high-danger chance, it expected goals against, actual goals against. They were bottom of the barrel. And, you know, the Wild basically went a period and a half, didn't score. You start holding your breath a little bit. You see Trevor Zegers do a lacrosse goal, and you're like, oh, shit. And then you realize Dmitry Kulikov went offside, and you're like, all right, maybe there's hope. And then, you know, not too long after that, Kirill Kaprizov with a high tip, Banks went off of Dmitry Kulikov's ass into the net. The wild <laughs> scoring drought ends. I think it was almost 160 minutes dating back to the Montreal game. Yeah, um, they finally get on the board with the Kaprizov tip. Um, Anaheim ties it, third period. The wild, uh, something clicked. Um, you know, you get some huge goals from <laughs> Matt Dumba, um, who actually had his probably best game of the season last night. You get one, um, another one from Kirill Kaprizov, and then Joseph Cramarosa, who hadn't scored since 2017 on Valentine's Day as a member of the Ducks against the Wilds, um, gets a gift in an open net and scores a goal this season before Marco Rossi, which is criminal, um, but love the uh, Joseph Cramarosa revenge game. Um, narrative that <laughs> that came to fruition last night so ultimately the wild do come out on top in this one four to one um the thing i did like about those first two periods and, and i said like if the wild don't figure the offense out tonight it, it sounds some alarm bells um and they did yeah. they had a lot of chances in the first period a little bit looser defensively in this one um but i think we saw a lot more pucks in the middle of the ice a lot more chances around the net um, you know, Kirill Kaprizov, you know, angry after probably getting ejected, comes out, scores twice in the power play, including that slick little uh, give and go with Matt Zuccarello that we saw last year. Was it two years ago? They now? did against Arizona last yeah, year. Arizona last year, sweet play. Um, you know, like I said, Matt Dumba probably played his best game of the year, but um, Joel Erickson neck another good game. But I don't want to talk about the big names. I want to talk about the kid line. Um, that line was just unreal last night. If you're not familiar with the line we're talking about, that's Connor Dewar, Marco Rossi, and Mason Shaw. Just three Tasmanian Devils out there just causing absolute pure chaos. Connor Dewar fought a guy. Mason Shaw is just like all over the place in the neutrals, in neutral and offensive zone, like hitting guys, hounding pucks. Marco Rossi is always in the right spot, covering defensively, making smart plays. Um, they, get the mar- they get the goal, Matt Dumbo, with a great forecheck. That line was just unreal unbelievable last night it was like incredible i think it was you know essentially two rookies with 10 games of NHL experience and connor dewar who maybe now might have like 30 40 games under his belt um and they were out there and they were the best line last night and i don't think it was it was really close um at least a five on five yeah yeah it seems like uh mason shaw should mason shaw mason shaw should be here to stay yeah uh, i mean he seems to be I doing mean, you look at that fourth line like brandon duhame included connor dewar included tyson joe sam Steele. i want mason shaw playing over all those guys yeah right now, i think yeah he's he's uh definitely coming in he's bringing it every game he's 
got just a ball of energy. Like you said, Tasmanian devil, Tasmanian he seems devil. to be just flying around the ice, hitting yeah. guys and then, you know, scoring goals, getting shots on that, uh, you know, just doing everything. He's, uh, being asked it hasn't mattered who they put role. him with either, whether that's been the fourth no. line. We saw him do it with Ekin Boldy. We saw him do it yesterday with yeah. Rossi and with Rossi and Dewar. Like it doesn't matter who he's playing with. He's been effective. Right. And, and yep. it was good to see Gustafson get a win after playing mm-hmm. really well in Detroit and then coming in and stopping 31 to 32 shots in this one. And, uh, you know, maybe, you know, who knows how the season goes, but uh, maybe easing me with some of the goal-tending question marks that I had at the beginning of the year, see how things were going. <laughs> then uh, I also felt like Adam Beckman, every time he gets called up, I mean, mostly preseason uh, last year, but I, I feel like Beckman looked really good last night too, playing with mm-hmm. Akin Boldy. It, it just, I feel like with him, line mates matter. And last year, you know, we talked with Spoke, a little bit, you know, with that prospect show, and he had basically two lining mates in Iowa that that are fighters. So he wasn't mm-hmm. like necessarily. He was basically put in a checking role, and, and you put him between or put him with uh, Ek and Boldy. I thought he fit, looked really well last night. Yeah, yeah and it I was think... it was the good thing to see was just you know he's in there on the four check, throwing his body around gritty areas. You know, he wasn't forcing plays right. Just a lot mm-hmm. of just smart, more disciplined plays. You know, put a couple pucks on net, had a couple nice chances, passes, those types of things. Just like the little details mm-hmm. of the game that, um, you know, maybe felt like they were maybe missing a little bit last year and stuff like that. So it was great to see. Yeah, and I think, well, I mean, as everyone knows, he's been having a, you know, decent start in Iowa this year compared to last year. I think, uh, you know, everyone knows coming. I think he's still on track to be an NHLer. Uh, obviously, last year as a 19-year-old or, or whatever it was in NHL, it is not an easy task. But, I mean, like you said, uh, uh, it looked very good, but I think you know back to the uh, doer and shot on that line. I think uh, I think you tweeted it, Brett. It was either Talk or somebody else on the uh, on the TNT broadcast. Essentially said that what's great about those guys is that you know obviously that, that you know they pretty much know you know what they are or what they should be doing or, or essentially what you know on that third line there that they're not trying to do too much, not trying to make plays. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you said, they're just being who they are, which is in the middle of everything, uh, forechecking, backchecking. Uh, they, like you said, they can create offense. Especially Shaw's got a pretty good. I think he was referring very like, specifically in that situation to Dewar. Oh, but it's I th- Dewar. I, but, but I yeah, think it, it, it applies. I think especially yeah. to him and Shaw. <laughs> um, and that's always my favorite thing about Connor Dewar because that's just his game. He knows he's not mm-hmm. going to go out there and score a ton of points, but he just works his freaking ass off every damn shift. You know, we saw last night. He sticks up for himself with a fight. He gets into the corners. He's not a big guy, um, but you know, he didn't have. He doesn't have the nickname the pit bull for a reason. He just he's just fierce. He goes in there and keeps his head down and just does his job. I think he's just the ultimate mm-hmm. bottom six forward. Um, and I just, I love the way he plays. And it was great to see him. You know, get rewarded with an assist last night. You know, um, all that stuff. So yeah, I, I loved it. And Rick 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 Tockett per pumping the Connor Dewar agenda. Um, <laughs> unreal favorite TNT analyst. For sure. Yeah. But I mean, I will say the, you know, Justin briefly mentioned Gustafson. I think he was the other, obviously. Uh, yeah. Right. But I mean, he hasn't played, you know, in Detroit and Anaheim last two games. Maybe hasn't been, uh, obviously aren't the greatest teams, but he's looked, you know, much better uh, compared to his first start against Colorado in, in that game against LA. Just, you know, he's obviously a 
has decent size, I think, at like six three, so he looks big in net. But you know, he's looked fairly calm. You know, not not a ton of. That was the know. big thing for me last night is how poised he looked. Like mm-hmm. yes. there was even that that stretch. I think it was when the Wild were shorthanded, even where he lost his stick, and you mm-hmm. just didn't see a sense of panic in him. Right? I mean, he was making saves at one point. He was like holding his stick upside down, yeah. made a couple big saves, and you know, it almost felt kind of Cam Talbot like where. You know, sometimes when you watch Flurry, you have a heart attack when he's flopping all over and diving and flashing a leather. But Gustafson has had this really calming presence about him all last game. And, you know, it's, it's two games in a row now, Zeke, as you mentioned, where he's just looked really, really solid. And, I mean, if you compare it to that, you know, that Colorado game, the, they had that dump-in goal. Yep. You know, they flopped the rebound, stuff like that. You know, you just have not, as you mentioned, you haven't seen anything like that in either of those no. games. And it's been the opposite, so. Yeah. No, and I also want to bring up, I know we're kind of bouncing around a little bit, but that Mason Shaw assist to Dumba, that just oh. little tip to him was yeah. so beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah just, I forgot about that till now. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll double up on stats here. So first that kid line finishes the game last night. <laughs> they get the goal Justin just alluded to. Um, outchanced opponents 11-7, to 7, um, a .75 to .28 expected goal share. That's 73%. That was the best. Um, and that was over and over like just six minutes of five-on-five ice time. Like, when they were on the ice, they were in the offensive zone generating great chances. Um, terrific game. And then Philip Gustafson, um, as we mentioned, a, just a very sound game. Goes 6-for-6 six six in high-danger shots last night. Um, a 1.85 um, goal save above expected. Um, 32 saves on 33 shots. Um, you know, the one goal, you know, a slight little defensive breakdown by the Wild. Glances off of Kalen Addison in, in you know, the slot area. Um, so, you know, maybe not one that a whole lot of goalies are going to stop anyway, right? So, um, yeah, just a really good game from him. And, Justin, as you alluded to, I think it's it has to give the Wild maybe a little bit of confidence. You know, you've seen your backup goalie now kind of just in these random stretches come in, play a really solid game. Um, you know, I think there were some questions of, you know, how many games do the Wild have to play Marc-Andre Fleury? Um, you know, is he going to have to play 55 games? Because, you know, every time you're putting Philip Gus in the net, you're worried about, you know, are the Wild, you know, do they have even a chance to win this game with him in net? And I think the last two games have really shown that, yes, they absolutely can. Mm-hmm. For sure. Absolutely. Um, I have a couple goalies, other goalie stats here oh. that I wanted to pull up real quick um, from good friend of the show, uh, Seth Topol over at Locked On Wild. Um, goals given up by the Wild goalies. Seven goals once. Uh, six goals zero times, five goals once, four goals three times, but then three goals twice, two goals twice, one goal four times. <laughs> like, it, it seems like the wild goaltending has been so bad, but I think when you kind of break it down like that, you realize, like, all right, we had those first games that were just terrible, yeah. and since yeah. then it's been really, really good. We've talked about how good Flurry has been, and I think, you know, Gustafson gets a little overlooked because they lost that one game in Detroit, and they get shut out one nothing. but, um, you know, Outside of those first couple games of the season, the the goaltending has not at all really been an issue. I don't think. Right. Yeah. If we get our offense going again and continue with this goaltending, that we could really, you know, jump up the standings again and 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 really get going here. I mean, you look. I mean, that just shows in the you know in Flurry, for example, his stats. He's still barely not even creaking up towards a nine hundred save percentage, despite being a you know pretty good for like. <laughs> 12 games now mm-hmm. and just yeah shows you how bad it was but uh you know that's 
you know, that's, that's, you know, an example there why you don't raw numbers with goalies isn't always necessarily the best way to judge them, but yep. yeah, no context matters. Yeah. And also yeah. from Seth, um, allowed 20 goals in the first three games since then 22 goals against in 10 games. So like just, you know, night and day. Um, so yeah, great, mm-hmm. great, great to see there. Um, you know, the goaltending coming around and, you know, maybe that, you know, that, that offensive spark from, you know, your bottom six guys from a guy like Matt Dumba who has struggled a little bit, um, you know, kind of, kind of sparks thing. But, um, we are going to talk about Matt Dumba tonight because we tried to give him the benefit of the doubt last week. We ran out of time. Um, and we said, Hey, you know, we'll give Matt Dumba three more games to turn it around. And, um, you know, had a, had a better game last night, but man, it's been, it's been not great these first 13 games for Matt Dumba. There's just a lot of things that, you know, have you holding your breath a little bit every time he's on the ice? Yeah, he does not look like the Matt Dumba that we're used to. I feel like he plays slower for some reason, and, I, like, his his passes are just sloppy, and and just it's it's been hard to watch. I mean, we come into the season thinking, you know, okay, top four is solid, Kalen Addick. Addison can become, you know, the solidified number five. And uh, he's definitely jumped over Dumba. And I, I see Dumba, you know, at times in the, the bottom pairing is is uh, kind of fell fast from, from last year to this year. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the everyone knows, obviously, that, you know, the shot just hasn't been there since that, that injury with Kachuk in that fight a few years mm-hmm. ago. But, I mean, you see last night, you know, with the goalie pulled five seconds left. I mean, I, I don't know if there was necessarily a lane open, but he has, you know, the puck up at the point by the blue line, you know, a chance to blast it on net and just kind of throws it past Freddie Goudreau on his offhand for nowhere. And, you know, that's just the – because that was always his thing was, you know, the aggressiveness, whether that was offensively, defensively, or physically, that he, he'd always be up, uh, you know, in the play and making things happen. He's just, you know, like, like you said, he's – you know, he's been up in the play defensively bad way, just getting beat a lot of time, taking penalties. And yeah, like you said, like Brett's had just been bad. And it's, uh, I mean, it's frustrating, obviously, just for him play well, but it's frustrating also from the point to that it almost, it gives, you know, all his detractors from his whole career, just the, you know, the ammo to go, hey, look, we are right all the time. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's it, it just, it, it's it sucks to see that, you know, this is, it's, I mean, it's probably going to be his end, uh, you know, with the Wild here, whether it's this year or the summer. And, uh, you know, it's still early, so I guess we'll we'll, we'll see. But, yeah, just it just probably seems like it's maybe just who he is now. Maybe not this bad, but it's just, yeah. Yeah, among, he, he kind of yeah, among the uh, – some, some quick just stats to put it in perspective. Um, among the Wild Blue Liners this season, he is – you know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw Goligoski out here. Um just because his number is a little more skewed. Um, mm-hmm. Last in shot attempts against per 60. Last um, in actual shots against per 60. Um, let's see. He's got some good goaltending. He has the third best goals against um, per 60. But if you look at his expected goals against, that's the worst. Scoring chances against, worst. High danger chances against, third worst. Like... There just isn't anything that like gives you really any sort of optimism, really. Like, yeah. he's got really good goaltending. He actually has the uh, second highest goal save percentage on ice at five on five this year, ninety two point six eight percent. You know, 
while they aren't producing a whole lot of offense with him, certainly some bad puck luck, maybe 5.26% um, shooting percentage. But, yeah, and then I think on top of that, too, I mean, you, we saw it last night, just kind of these stupid untimely penalties, some undisciplined penalties, some lazy penalties. Um, you know, the one last night really felt almost like it like changed the game when the Wild were in a really good spot, seemed to have momentum. Dumba kind of takes an ill-advised penalty. Um, Anaheim seems to get a lot of momentum out of that, almost changes the game, and luckily the Wild battle through that. And he comes back later and scores a huge go-ahead goal, for, at which point the Wild never look back. But, you know, outside of that, if that game doesn't happen last night, like we don't have a single really good thing to say much about his start to the season. You know, awesome locker room guy, awesome character guy, awesome community guy, but his on-ice play has just left so much to be desired to the point where we did see a stretch there where he was demoted to the third pair. And, you know, Justin, as you mentioned, like it, Kalen Addison, you know, almost has seemed to, you know, kind of have, has taken over that, that number four spot on this team. Right. And uh, we, I think we know it, his time here, as surprise last season here, you, you think mm-hmm. possibly a mid season trade or something. Uh, we got, you know, who knows how a lot of the golfers will do, but we got a guy like Brock Faber that, that may be coming. And we just got all this youth coming where, where you know, as much as I love Dumba, I think his time has come to an end because we got all these D prospects that are eventually going to take over. So mm-hmm. um, who knows what's going on? Maybe he's going through something that we don't know about, mm-hmm. uh, maybe some sort of injuries or whatnot. But, yeah, he just he doesn't – he hasn't looked good this year. Yeah. I mean, we've had – Okay, I was gonna say we. I mean, we just have that talk, like you guys both mentioned, with Ass taking over. That you know, we've been kind of that conversation a little bit over the last couple of years. It seems like where if he's not going to be on the power play, you know, what's his really upside? And I mean, even the last couple of years, he's still been decent enough and everywhere that it hasn't been a huge deal. But yeah, like I mean, the, the defensive game was improving. Like it, mm-hmm. he'd become you know when he joined the league, you know, much like Kalen Ass, you know, very much that offensive defenseman, a lot yeah. to be desired defensively, and then. After the injury, it felt like he kind of shifted into this kind of this more two-way game, or maybe the offense dipped, but the defensive game really rebounded. He had like mm-hmm. last season, he had like they weren't eye-popping analytic numbers defensively, but like they were solid, they were respectable, they were top four defenseman numbers. And then this year, that just seemed to like be non-existent. And um, you know, I wonder if it was you know something with him and Brodeen, but you know when Brodeen was with, you know, we saw when Brodeen was with Addison that he was fine. Um, and then Dumbo was terrible with Merrill. I was like, well, maybe it was Merrill. And then Addison's been with him the last two games, and that pairs look fine. So, like, the common denominator every time there has been Dumba. It's just, you know, I think just some of those mistakes are, are starting just to not be able to things that can be covered up anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's uh, – it's, you know, I mean, like you said, you just uh, – you, you said it there, and you said it um, – your player cards a lot that he just seems to drag everyone down, which is uh, – you know, especially Brodeen, which has been weird because that seemed to always work. But yeah. yeah, no, I mean, it just it just sucks that this is kind of where it's where it seems like it's going for him. Because, yeah. like you mentioned, we all everyone we all we all love him for the guy he is. But uh, yeah, no, it's it, it's too bad. But I mean, like you just said though, it's uh, still early, so maybe if he uh, like just mentioned, if he's banged up or whatnot, or or, or even just in general, there's still a uh, plenty of time to get back to you know being. At least respectable, I guess, yeah. in his own end. So. Yeah. And maybe, you know, a game like last night where he gets a goal, maybe he feels like he was better in the defensive zone, mm-hmm. puts those, you know, two penalties he took in the game behind him, and maybe it's a nice stepping stone forward. I mean, obviously we're not going to have 
a game like last at every game, but maybe just some improvement from there. And now that we talked mad shit about him, naturally what he'll do is he'll go out and he'll play well because ever since yeah. I did a whole nice thread and said nice things about Freddie Goudreau, he's pretty much been, you know, Sucks. back to just his normal, very average, basic Freddie Goudreau, which, like, isn't yeah. a bad thing. It's just like, oh, yeah, you're just Freddie Goudreau. Um, <laughs> so putting the reverse jinx back into effect, you're welcome. Matt Dumble will be fine because we talked shit about him. Um, feel oh, free to yes. thank us later. We'll throw the Venmo in the description. Um, <laughs> the next piece I want to talk about here, um, kind of getting away from Dumba, maybe getting a little bit back to this last game against Anaheim. Um, you know, for the first time, I think it felt like the Wild rolled four lines in that game, had four lines that looked really good. They won the game um, mm-hmm. without Marcus Felino, Jordan Greenway, Brandon Duhame, Ryan Hartman. Well, two of those four, um, Marcus Foligno, Jordan Greenway, from the sounds of it, um, expected to play tomorrow night. So, you know, it really gets you thinking, what do you do with the lines, right? Um, you know, I, I kind of put out a little theoretical thread. I think, obviously, number one is, you're, you're, you know, you're not touching the, the Caprice offline, right? Um, and then from there, it gets tricky, right? And here's why. Like, I think, obviously, your, your first... You know, the first gut when you have all, you know, the grief squad, all three guys, like, mm-hmm. put the grief squad back together, right? But Matt Boley's looked really good, I think, alongside Jewel Erickson Eck um, these last three, four games. Um, we just talked about how good that kid line was last night. Um, so if you want to keep that line together, you know, you can't, now all of a sudden you can't put Matt Boley with Marco Rossi. If you bring the grief line back, now Matt Boley's playing with Sam Steele, Tyson Jost, Joseph Cramarosa, or Adam Beckman. Like, is no. that the use of Matt Boldy's talents that you want. So like, I don't know. It just got me thinking like, if you're Dean Evis in here, like, like what do you do? And also like, I guess the other thing, one more thing I'll say, I'll let, I'll let you guys take over here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously I think getting that grief line back to would be great, but I mean, you have two of these guys fresh off injuries, you know, are they going to be effective? Are they going to be hesitant? Like we already saw Jordan Greenley play a game, get a night off just to like ease him back in. So like, I, you know, mm-hmm. Those guys like to hit, like to play physical. So I mean, do you maybe just right. one game or so here, just maybe split them up a little bit and try to, you know, try some different things, or, or what would you do? I'd go with what worked last game. Honestly, I'd keep the kid line together. Of course, keep the first line together. I'd try and keep uh, Eck and Boldy together. Maybe keep Beckman there since he seemed to look so well there. I think, you know. Fleno and Greenway end up on a line together. Who do you put in there? I think Jost comes out of the lineup. I haven't really heard his name a whole lot. I mean, yeah, he's been out there, but uh, he hasn't really like done a ton, I feel like. So then it leaves, you know, Cramarosa, Steele. Uh, who am I missing? Beckman. Mm-hmm. No, I, I'd want to keep Beckman with Eck and Boldy to start, kind of like last game. Oh, yeah. Um... Nah. The kid Steel, line. Steel Joe, Steel. Cramarosa, Boldy, and Greenway and Felina. I don't know if you touch on them. So Greenway, Felino together, and then throw maybe Sam Steele with them or something. Start there, and then yeah, I don't know. It, flip lines during the game. I mean, no, he doesn't really – I don't know if he really fits that line, but I'd like to see Eck and Boldy stay together uh, a little bit longer and see what they can do. Yeah, I mean, I certainly like to see that too. I, you know, I guess I'm just maybe I'm thinking this for more of a, you know, the way I've been thinking this is more of just I've thought more of what's likely to happen more than what I want to happen. But I just yeah. I feel like maybe they want to get, you know, obviously their identity line back and get back to, 
you know, like they've talked about how, you know, with maybe without Fiala and with a little less offensive bunch this year, they need to play that, uh, you know, be play that really a uh, hard game, uh, you know, four check, back check, uh, you know, full, full ice game that I, I'm assuming that they'll throw, you know, grief line right back together. Um, you know, it certainly wouldn't be a bad thing. Um, you know, obviously we know how much better those guys are when they are together. But I, I think, you know, as you guys both talked about, uh, the, the Boldy and Eck thing has looked really good. Um, although I don't think, you know, obviously we, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I mean, Brett, you, you tweeted it uh, earlier on your thread today. If uh, Boldy and Rossi together with uh, Mace Shaw, I believe, I wouldn't hate that uh, one either, I, you know, because we've obviously seen uh, Boldy and Rossi have some chemistry before. And I, I, it seems like Mace Shaw is a guy who can kind of play anywhere pretty much right now uh, and is up to it. So I don't know. There's, you know, I'm, it's, I'm trying to remember a lot of looking at the, some of the lines. I'm like, you know, like Justin, like who is half these people? Cause they've had to call up some of you guys. <laughs> right. Yeah, so around, I think but... like the scenario that I ultimately came up with, I said, you know, what would I like to see? Like if we were to shake things up, like I mentioned, you keep that first line together. My second mm-hmm. line, I think was Boldy, Eric Sinek. And then I think you actually put Felino there on the wing. Um, and then I had, um, then I think I kept the kid line together and then I think I just like crapshooted a fourth line of like kind of who was left over, which I think ended up being like Greenway, Steele and like your choice of Beckman, Joe Scramarosa. I would, I think of those three, I would go Beckman personally. Um, I think Tyson Joe needs some time in the press box. Uh, he just continues to look just very blech every time I watch him right now. Yeah. Um, that's <laughs> like, it's just like the most like random fourth line. Um, and then I think I also reflect, I said, what do I think is most likely to happen? And I think Justin, it's kind of what you mm-hmm. just alluded to. So you have your top line, you have the grief line, Boldy, Rossi, Shaw. Um, and then what I would assume, um, for a fourth line probably ends up being, um, Connor Dewar, Sam Steele, and then Tyson, Joe, Adam Beckman, Joseph Cramarosa. Again, if it were me, I'd go Beckman, but you know, maybe in a situation, Joe's given, he's the one on the NHL contract. Um, my guess probably gets the nod there. Um, but we'll see. Like, I don't think like we, I mean, we haven't, we don't know for sure if those two will be back. So we haven't heard of any transactions mm-hmm. yet. So all of this could be moot if, you know, one or both Greenway and Felino aren't playing tomorrow, but always fun to speculate. Like it's, you know, what one good game, but I mean, to me, when you have, I just, just for me, it's just tricky because when you have a line that clicked like that kid line did and just the way that Boldy and Eck have clicked, um, you know, I think there's, there's a balance to be stricken between, you know, the Bruce Boudreaux chain the line, change the lines every two games and the Dean keep the lines together the whole season. I think you have to strike a balance of shake things mm-hmm. up when they're not working, but when things do work, let it ride out, let that chemistry build. And then if that fades or, you know, if you find a hole or something or an injury, then you make adjustments. But I think to me, that's where that balance is right now is with injuries and mm-hmm. you got some good consistency. So now what do you do? Right. Yeah. Well, and you brought up that, Joe's on the NHL contract, but I, I don't know if that really matters too much. You know, for a couple of games, if he sits in the press box, he's telling that Russo tweeted uh, Tyson Joe's maybe running out of chances with Marcus Lino on the way back. So maybe that's yeah. uh, smoke, there's fire type thing. So maybe he's going to be getting a little bit of time up yeah, in the press well, box. I, I mean, he's for sure lost his spot, I think, the rest of the year to Mason Shaw. I don't think that's even yeah. up for debate. No. It's, I mean, like you said, so. he's just – like you said, but he's basically a, he's essentially invisible except for when he takes penalties yeah. and uh, he, like you said, just do nothing. But I think uh, just quickly on the, on the Boldy X thing that you guys talked about again, I think, you know, I, I agree with you partially because, 
you know, I think there was a, a little bit recently when with, you know, the Wild struggling to score, I think you saw with Boldy, I can't remember who mentioned on Twitter, almost essentially like when it was with Fiala, essentially looking for line mates, you know, essentially being the guy having to, you know, carry the play, um, you know, a lot of times. And I mean, if you put him again with, you know, with, with Sam Steele or Chost or any of those guys, you know, you're, you're kind of asking that again. And I think, like you said, if, if he's with Eck and, and Beckman or somebody else, that uh, it kind of maybe takes the load off on, on the skill meter and not having to be the, uh, the the best guy on that line and having to essentially, you know, be, you know, because that's what he is. It's almost, it's, I'm just, it just feels like he's kind of been in the Fiala spot, you know, mm-hmm. pre Boldy where he's yeah. had to be the guy. And it, it's been good to, you know, maybe have have him a little bit of help uh, on that line. So. Yeah, and to me, I just think him and Eck, just they have games that complement each other. You know, mm-hmm. I think yeah. two bigger bodies that, you know, they can kind of do both where if you need a shift where you just want them to go in, forecheck, create some momentum, they can do that. But also, like, if you're down a goal late, you can put them out there. And, you know, we've seen Jewel Erickson Eck, like, offensively, it feels like he's really taken a step this year. He's finishing on his chances I mean, on the, mm-hmm. his net front on the power play has been terrific. Um, yeah. <clears throat> you know, I think he's winning more faceoffs. Like, we're, like we haven't talked a lot about how good Jewel Eriksson-Eck has looked this year. This, you know, obviously the grief line had a couple rough games. Um, and, you know, when he was put with Jost and stuff too, like there was some bad games there. But I think we've, you know, deduced that to being Tyson Jost being a complete liability. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, I know there's a lot of Jost fans out there. <laughs> he just hasn't been good, and we're going to tell it how it is. Um but it just feels like he's found this confidence offensively, and I think you have a guy yeah. like Boldy who can create space for someone that we've seen. Jewel Eric's neck has some hands, has a shot. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm really curious to see what – I don't know if the Wild have a morning skate tomorrow or not, but mm-hmm. um, very – I assume they would. Most game days they do. So very curious to see what happens when we uh, when we see the lines and who's healthy and, and what they decide to do. So Yes. Um, that said, so looking ahead to the week ahead, three games likely before our next show here. Um, Seattle tomorrow night, obviously hoping for a much better result than what we saw yeah. um, last week. You know, don't want to be shut out again. Want to try to get that offense going. Um, and then they come home again um, against the San Jose team, who has a um, prime Eric Carlson back right now, um, who's pretty yeah. much been almost their whole team, I think. Um, and then a Nashville Predators team who I believe is not off to their best start right now. Yeah, uh, no, this. Yeah, go sorry. ahead, Justin. No, I was going to say these are all winnable games. I mean, Seattle's not the Seattle from last year. They're, you know, good defensively and then been hard on a lot of teams, but. <clears throat> now you have tape on them, you know, what they did last yeah. time, and hopefully you can, you know, strategize some things, what to do differently. Right. Um, you're going to have some bodies back, which I think all that will be will be helpful for sure. Yep, and then you got Nashville and, and San Jose, who are basically in the bottom five of the Western Conference. So, you know, tough starts for those teams. So, you know, maybe this is, you know, with the win last night against Anaheim, uh, maybe punch out two of the three. It'd be great to win three of the three, but uh, – kind of get on another roll here again with the uh, teams that we should be able to beat. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, the wild haven't had that statement win yet. And, you know, I don't think any of these three games are going to be that, but no. it's at that point where, you know, because you haven't beaten any of those more difficult teams, you've got to start, you know, beating mm-hmm. these bottom feeders and, and getting yourself right. Yes. Or you know, these are the games I think in the long run that, that could hurt you if you don't win them. Right. I mean, you just like, you would just like to, even if it's, you know, three, four, string a few wins in a row to, 
you know, get that little bit of momentum going because, I mean, obviously, you know, they had that just like 5-1-1 stretch there, um, for sure, but it's just kind of they've still been struggling to – I mean, it's still there, but they're basically right around the 500 mark or a game below it mm-hmm. uh, essentially still now. So it'd be, it'd be nice to, you know, string a few wins together, get a little momentum going went to when they do start playing those tougher opponents, like you guys said. But I think just, you know, Seattle uh, – you know, especially in their home rank, they've obviously, like just said, they've looked much better. It seems to be a, you know, good atmosphere there at home. They, you know, they kicked butt against Nashville the other night, especially in the first period, you know, four goals on five shots. So I think just there, the key is, like we mentioned earlier, just, uh, you know, don't let them just completely dominate you, you know, on the, on the four check. I mean, that's essentially what they did in that game here in St. Paul was every time the Wild would get the puck up, they'd have, you know, a guy right on hounding them and they just never really got it going. So I think just playing faster than they did that game um, and hopefully and just being generated more offensively. And, you know, it should be a close game because especially like, I mean, like everyone mentioned, Martin Jones, even in that game, still look shaky as you would expect him to be. And yep. uh, if they play like they did last night in Anaheim or any other game, literally, uh, really, they'll probably score at least two or three goals in that game. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So no, that'll be and it's is that a ESPN Plus game too, if I remember right. So. Yeah, it's not Bally tomorrow. I know that. So oh, okay. plus, hopefully we don't have uh, Leah Hextall. We'll be fine. Yeah. Right. Yes. Well, yeah, like you mentioned, it'll be good to <clears throat> build some momentum with these games. We got uh, not try like too far ahead, but yeah. Pittsburgh, Carolina, Winnipeg, Toronto oh, yeah. after that. So it's gonna be yeah. you know a tough stretch after these three games. So yeah, uh, yeah you know, Pittsburgh I think just good. snapped a streak. Toronto's I think like felt very similar to the wild in terms of their struggles. So, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of good team. like the thing I want to paint is a lot of like coming into the season, like highly thought of teams have struggled. Pittsburgh struggled. St. Yeah. Louis has struggled. Toronto yeah. has struggled, right? Like a lot of like, you know, you have your Buffaloes, your New Jersey's, your Seattle's, you know, some of these teams that weren't expected to be as good at, you know, gotten off to really good starts. So, you know, Colorado, I think has like, I think they have two fewer games, but like are like have almost like the same record as the Wild. Like, it's not time to sound panic alarms. Like we're not tanking for Bedard oh, no. at this point, right? Like we're no. we're all right. Um, things are chilling. We've you know we've you're dealing with some injuries right now. You you know it's hard to win games when you're missing you know four players, three of whom are your you know some of your biggest players too, right? So, mm-hmm. um, I think you know they're getting healthy. You saw what you wanted to see against a bad Anaheim team last night in terms of, you know, just dominating them offensively. I called it before the game. I said, the Wild are going to have three to four goals tonight. They're going to have over 30 shots on net, and they're going to have 60 shot attempts. Everything was true. They had 59 shot attempts, so (laughs) maybe there was a stat correction or something in there, but... um, You know, that's what they needed. Maybe, you know, sometimes you just need that game, get the mojo, get the juju back. Um, But, yeah. Um... Any, uh, I think that's about it. Uh, any final thoughts here before we uh, wrap this one up? Um, not much. I mean, I think this is this is not really wild related, but uh, yeah, I know it was on Twitter that night. But they really do need to just get rid of you know the whole offside review thing. You know, I don't. It, I know it benefited the wild last night, and that's great. But <laughs> I mean, it, it's ridiculous that at 28 seconds after, when a guy, I, I know it's just repeating what everyone said, but. Almost 30 seconds after a guy was maybe a millimeter in offside, right. wipes out, you know, just a potential goal I mean, of the year. <laughs> I know it's like it's just amazing how beautiful how, and just how casual that is. Like it's just, oh, I'll just pick the puck up on my yeah. stick and like flip the, it around the net. The, the motion feet. that Zegers did that in from like picking up oh. the puck, like 
So. There was never a stutter or anything. And I, I tweeted out almost the no. exact same same thing Zeke I said when they when it went to review. I said, the wild fan in me wants this to be called back, but the hockey fan in me wants that to count because that was right. awesome. It's so. Yeah, it's not really uh, any final thoughts for me. Uh, yeah, not tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think my final thought is like, um, and I tweeted this after, um, I tweeted this last night, but um, Kirill Kaprizov scored his 10th goal of the season last night, um, 13th game of the season. It took him 25 to hit 10 goals last year, um, and he scored 47 goals last year and finished top five in scoring. Um, I believe his 82-game pace right now is like 63, mm-hmm. which, like, it doesn't feel impossible at this point. Like, oh. every game it feels like, right. like maybe outside of the L.A. game because he was ejected um, and maybe that Seattle game. But, like, outside of those two games, like, it hasn't really felt like there wasn't some ridiculous Kaprizov scoring chance. Like he's been mm-hmm. around the net every single game. Right. Um, and I think one of my bold, maybe not incredibly bold predictions that we set was 50 goals for Kaprizov. Um, seems well, he's already a fifth of the way there. So um, through 13 games. So did um, I, I can't remember. Didn't I predict a uh, rocket Richard or was it Hart or both? Maybe both. I don't I know. We'll have to I'd go have back to and check back. the tape. <laughs> we, we all, I think, had a Kaprizov one one way or the other. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's not. It's still bold simply the fact that it's. I mean, it's pretty hard unless you're Ovechkin to score fifty goals yeah. simply just of staying healthy and being in games mm-hmm. and everything. So. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Seems good right now, but uh, you know, hopefully all things stay good. So, um, yep. good that he wasn't suspended because he was, you know, electric last night. I think he had like nine. I think he had nine yeah. shot attempts. I think all nine were on net, mm-hmm. and then I think five of those were high danger chances. Like he was just a fiend. Yeah, there, there was one shift in the first period. He must have been out there for like two, two and a half minutes, and he was just toying with defensemen, like spinning away from guys. I think it ultimately ended. I think it ended with him like drawing a holding penalty. Um, he set up Zucro like point blank like twice, which is toying with guys. Yeah. Is like, yeah, that curls back. Like <laughs> he's yeah. pissed. He's hungry. <laughs> so, um, just been a treat to watch him. And like to me, that was kind of the cool, almost like the coolest part of the, the post game last night. Um, among the fans on Twitter, it's like Kirill Kaprizov had nine shots on goal, scored twice, and no one really wanted to talk about his game. It was let's talk about Gustafson, let's talk about the penalty kill, let's talk about Rossi and Shaw and Dewar. I just thought that, would, like, not just to take anything away from what Kaprizov did, but I think it was cool to see just the respect for, you know, kind of what these other guys in the lineup did last night right. and what their effort meant to to last night's win. So, yeah, that's my final. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think we're right up on our time again. We're <laughs> killing it this year. I don't think I don't think and we had an in season show go over now. Uh, actually, I think the one Zeke and I just did. I think was like just over, but maybe a little bit. <laughs> No, we haven't had to go like two and a half. Yeah, times. we haven't uh, we haven't had any too long ones yet, which maybe that's a good thing, but we'll see. Yeah, um, but that'll wrap up, you know, pretty much what we got here. So, Justin, why don't you remind everyone where they can find you and all your work? You find me at deace two thousand four. You can find me at Caprisov C with Caprisov Countdown, and you can find me at MNW Prospects with MNW Young Guns. Zeke. Yeah, no, as usual, you can uh, find me on Twitter at uh, Zeke Boyat with a Z and a B for 
obviously all my thoughts on the wild hockey in general. Uh, if you want to connect with me there, that's where you'll find me. Wonderful. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at B underscore Marsh 92. Be sure you are following the podcast account as well at sound the foghorn. All one word for warning. I will be at a fundraiser tomorrow night, so I will not be doing player cards and then I'll be at the gopher game first thing Saturday. So those will probably come Saturday afternoon, evening ish. Um, so apologies for that. Haven't been able to get those out every game. Been a little bit busier fall for me, but they'll be out eventually. Just gotta be patient. Um, just getting out ahead of that. Um, yeah. Wild in Seattle tomorrow night. They come home for one game against San Jose, go back on the road to Nashville before I think coming home. I think it'll be like an eight or nine game homestand after that. So, mm-hmm. um, those three games though, before our next episode. Um, so that'll be, we'll be back to our regularly scheduled program next week on a Wednesday night. So a Thursday morning show for all of you. Um, we've seen an incredible uptick in our number of listeners and downloads so far this season. Just want to give a big shout out to everyone who's returned to listen to the show. Welcome all of our new listeners. Those of you that have shared our show with friends, family, support of the show. Thank you. We appreciate you. Thanks so much. But, uh, we hope you have a, a great day, a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. But until then, this has been another episode of Sound the Fox.